0: I'll be too nervous to. I'm probably lost of words. Hello and
1: welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Podcast. I'm here with Jason. Jason, hello. Uh, good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. It'd have been better if Shane larry had actually got over the line last week. Um, didn't, which seems to be the story of Shane larry's life at the moment. But, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, nice bank holiday weekend, good weather, four days off of work. Not really much to complain about, is there? So, uh, apart from this week's golf.
0: Oh, no, (laughs) that's right. It was a good finish, that. That was a a cracking, you know, cracking finish to the Heritage. Yeah. Um, After you, sir, nobody really wanted to get after it, but then it was difficult. So, Cantley's second on the playoff was crap, Um, which surprised me, to be honest. There's plenty of room left. You, you you know, if your opponent's gone in the bunker you have to give yourself fifteen to eighteen foot, did not you? Left of the pin. There was loads of room there. Um yeah, that was a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? And then the mighty Jordan. Which as everybody knows, golf is better when Jordan's back. Do we um, do we shoot ourselves in the foot for not betting him at forty to one in a regular event or do we Yeah, just... because exactly the same. Rory was the price when E one, yeah. Brooks was the price when he won. Elite player. Absolute elite player. Um and yeah, it's what can you do? You can only do what you can do. I but think, yes, yes, I think absolutely. we also especially, get, especially. Sorry, sorry, Tom. Especially, uh, you know, as um, uh, certainly from my point of view, I made I thought it was quite a big thing about the Texas uh, yeah. correlation. Um, and there we are. He goes and wins it again. So, and it's his time of year, and all you know, you know, SBIs, biorhythms rhythms, and all this old nonsense. But there we are. What can you do? You know, he can't. He can't. If he lost that playoff, that missed one footer would have been uh, would have been a bit crucial whether whether he gives a I'm not sure he gives that much of a toss anyway really Um, but yeah he was uh, it's Jordan isn't it he's just legend isn't he just I think he's great
1: I think there's I think there's a a little bit of it of like especially for the casual punter and not so much maybe us or, or others that do these kind of shows but certainly listening to the commentary team talking about Jordan Spieth you could certainly be put off do you know what I mean so um, yeah I, I kind of think that the way they talk about him sort of in disaster mode you'd think you know it doesn't seem that bad does it like some of the results he had were, were pretty good early on in the year especially so I think Spieth's fine I think that I didn't see it coming I'm not going to sit there and say that I didn't I saw it coming at all but uh, yeah it wasn't uh, for me I think 42 was a big number but um, retrospectively more than me thinking he was
0: going to win it do you know what? I just think golf is now just saturated with nonsense media, which we play some part. Uh, it's just you know, it's just nonsense. It's just non-stop news, and and somebody will sneeze, and it'll be a story. <laughs> and you know, obviously, we had the problem with you know, uh, you know nobody could quite understand why Jordan sent, um, you know, learnt more about, uh, and Grella learnt more about aim point and stuff like that, and the point got really bad. Really bad gig yeah. uh, in I can't remember whether it was. Um, took seventeen years to, to play. Was it King and Bradley, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so aim point got bad. So then you relate it to that, and then obviously he was changing his swing, and then there was a the big news about.
1: Uh, it was his
0: routine uh, wasn't it? The pre-shot routine. Yeah, Sean Blay it? was going on about it, and and so you get all these negative things, and and it's hard because you read all this stuff, and and it, it plays in your mind, and yet you know that. You know, like you say, something like speed. I mean, 40, 50 to one, it's, it's, it's you know, on in a, in a run-of-the-mill field, he's, he's an elite player. Yeah. But he, he is definitely one that goes, you know, there's certain players that, that drift five points and, and Jordan just, well, wow, he just, you know, when he's in form, he's, he goes off at 20 and, and when he's had a little bit of out of form, they just drift, don't they? They're just, it was he weird because
1: he wasn't like that, was that? And he, in there's certain courses that he won't ever be like at the Masters and the Texas Open and all that sort of stuff. But when he's when he's these kind of other um, events like like the Heritage and I don't know Pebble and all that sort of stuff. Like I suppose Pebble's probably a bad example because he was he was good there as well. But like you know Heritage and, and Colonial and places like that, you, you'd think he'll go off at prices that that are too big, really. But I always just look at him and go, no, not for me at the moment, no, not for me at the moment. I think there's just this sort of unconscious bias because of, of so much I hear about him because when I look at Spieth from a from a macro point of view if, if you looked at his form just as someone that wasn't really that involved in the game you'd think he was probably playing fine and the forty was a huge number for someone like Jordan
0: Spieth yeah, you've said it haven't you, hmm. you, know, the mat, you know, he's, he's a top 20 player in the world he's now number 10 yeah. he's top 20 player in the world and, and very much like Brooks Kepka obviously, without the injuries, yeah, um, he, he flicks in and out. Um,
1: I guess it's because he it, doesn't have stunning. that. I mean,
0: you look at, sorry, sorry, Tom. I mean, you go to, you know, OWGR. Yeah. Just type in Jordan Spieth and look at that top twenty effort. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's stunning, you know. Um, and it's yes. that, you know, there's nothing to suggest he's, he's, you know, he can't keep winning. And and so yeah, like you say, 40-50, it's, it's wrong, isn't it? well he had that little illness at the start of the year he's had
1: new baby and all that sort of stuff like, he's had just things going on and you know maybe we just all got off him too soon and I mean you, you reference that top 20 in the um, OWGR the only things that have not got a one next to it are the, the four four seconds uh, in majors a third at the Masters and a couple in 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 uh, in playoff events as well, so I think, I think it's amazing. It's a great track record, uh, and he's yep. to be celebrated certainly. And as well,
0: they say, as they said, and everybody's been pointing out, he's now won twice. Um, you know, round about Easter, and next year's um, Masters takes place on Easter. So know, he, he's a, he is a risen, I believe. <laughs>
1: he is. I, there was an interesting point actually
0: the I think it was maybe
1: Carl Porter or someone like that, that but, but Rory's actually played less events on the PJ Tour than Jordan Spieth has. Yeah, yeah. So 13 wins in 226 starts for Speeth, which is a 5.8%, and 20 wins in 210 for Rory.
0: Um, yep, yeah, and I still never forget the bunker show he played against Zach Johnson. No. Uh, John Deere. I've
1: no, never, ever, never, wild.
0: honestly, honestly, I'll never forget it. nice no.
1: I'll never, I'll never forget him winning that Open Championship in 2017 against Matt Kuchar uh, where we yeah. stood in the fairway for 40 minutes waiting for him to get a bloody shot um, there we go more on that later in later podcasts but let's go on to this week uh, reluctantly maybe but we are certainly going to talk about this week's golf um, it is on the DP World Tour we have got the ISPS Handa Championship which was flagged as a Japanese event earlier in the day on OddsChecker but it's actually the uh, in Spain um, it is at the Lumine Golf Club, Jason, which is somewhere that gets used for Challenge Tour, for Nordic League, and more recently, uh, Q School. Um, you pointed out to me earlier that Schwan Kims shot an eight-under round here. Uh, Benjamin Polk is someone that's, that's shot all rounds under 70, six rounds under 70 in Q School here. Uh, he's a 600 to one shot this week, if all the that sort of thing. Um, but it's certainly, a, a, we've kind of had conflicting information. I was kind of speaking to Charlie Ford earlier, and he... Basically, from his experience of playing um, the Q school stuff, it was you know barely any rough, uh, very easy. Longer hitters will prosper, and you know it'll get eaten up. And then a later report from him as well was that caddy on site had sort of told him that it's actually firm and fast. There is more rough this time, and it's going to be a proper golf course because of the wind. So it's hard to tell, but I do still think, Jason, that even if it is the latter, that that big hitters have probably got an advantage here.
0: Uh, I agree. Um, there's only two par fives. Yeah. It potentially negates it. I'm not sure it does because most can reach par fives these days anyway yeah. when they're just over 500. Uh, they've got some long par fours which I thought obviously uh, um, when you go to green stuff um, those with length will, will clearly... I mean, there is water on an awful lot of the courses but it's. Um, I'm sure it's not going to be you know narrow enough to, to really worry too much. Um yeah, you got a, like you've got a 518 yard par four now, and that's followed by 369 par four. You've got a 470 par four, that's followed by 339 drivable.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, par threes are all long, um, so again, the bigger hitters take shorter clubs. Yeah. Par fives at 595 and 539 should be reachable by most, but again, surely you know the, the way I see it, the bigger hitters are going to have less club. Been told today there's going to be quite a lot of rain um, and potential for crosswinds. That can ruin the driver, but, but equally, like we've always said, you know, we sat in the US Open. I know when it's like 7,800, you say the big hitters, um, when the rough is up, but I just see, you know, the softer it is, you know, the, 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 for me, there has to be an advantage to the bigger hitter. Um, I don't know. That's, that's the way I've looked at it. Um, it's a par 70. Mallorca was a par 17 with only two par fives, and obviously, you know, closely related in region there. So yep. I looked at Mallorca as a. Bit of a, bit of a, you know, bit of a correlation if you wanted one. But you know what? We've had three weeks off. Um, the schedule's Sorry, I think we discussed so earlier. Yeah, we 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 genuinely don't know. I, I think there's players, for example. Um, I mean, put say Ross Fisher up for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awful at Qatar, but he hasn't got a very good record there. But before that, was excellent C to Green. Um, so I think this break might have come in handy for some. Um. And equally, who knows? I mean, that's the point. I don't think we know, and it's educated guesswork this week, isn't it? And it's it's those that were hitting their their sort of iron very very well before the break. You know, will they continue to do it? Have other people found either? That, that's so,
1: that's, that's the thing for me people. is that the every event at the moment that we seem to talk about on the European Tour or DP World Tour, sorry, is either a new course or it comes after a three or four week break which is basically a little off season for these guys. I and mean, it's more of an off season than they get between the final event and the, new, and the first event of the new year. So, you know, and throwing in the fact that they've played a lot of stuff in South Africa where some people thrive and some people don't. Like, it's really, really hard to gauge where some people are in their game. Like, some people just don't play well in South Africa and some people excel in South Africa and won't do over the next... Few starts, so it's really, really tough to get a grasp on. And I sort of said on on the Mayo show, which we've already recorded, that you know, I don't want to come on here and say that we know definitively. I mean, I've gone to Charlie uh to sort of get some information because he was second to Sam Horsfield there in, in um you know, in the Q school. But he said that the fourth, twelfth, and fifteenth for the only demanding holes out there. He said that the water is in play on, you know, water is on the course everywhere, but it's only really in play on fifteen and sixteen. Um, and you can just bail out wherever you want. Now there's going to be certain guys, probably the ones that we pick that don't bail out and go straight in it when it's not really in play. But um, you know that, that's just what it is. I think it's I think for now it's take advantage of of some of the guys that maybe look. I, I've actually gone for the thing of maybe people looking a bit out of form and, and hoping that they're going to come back and. And take advantage of it. I, I likened it a little bit to, to the Raz Alkaim and stuff which Charlie sort of agree with that maybe it's going to be similar to that low scoring, um, you know a little bit tricky and maybe the wind gets up but other than that I, I think me coming on here and saying you know, like you just said, us coming on dealing with certainties would be a bit fraudulent so let's look at the, the odds boards Bernd Wiesberger and Rasmus Hogard are, are co-favourites eighteen uh, to one don't really have anything too much to say on either of those other than the fact that Rasmus Hogard probably warrants that based on the kind of run he had on the pga tour over the last couple of starts uh pretty impressive stuff adrian house and Nicolai Hoygaard are both 25 28 to 1. pablo de rafabao 33 to one best price. Wakin be handsome uh 35 to one i've taken two from here uh one a lot from what you said to me in, in the message earlier today is that you know i always look at the Heugard's anyway but you know you could very easily if you're just looking at the course form on on Torset's just think uh, sorry the, the current form on Torset's just think that Nikolay Hojgaard's playing terribly but he wasn't playing great when he came into uh, the Raz Alkaima was he? He was, he was off the back of two missed cuts there. He's now off the back of four missed cuts but they're all PGA tour starts, and or, no, three of them PGA tour starts. and one of them was when he was defending the title and he'd actually ball struck it well but somehow missed the cut so um, yeah I, I think that Nikolai would be absolutely fine and you know the price is that bit bigger than Rasmus because of you know, Rasmus has played well in America so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean I, I get what um you know what Ben said in his piece um about the fact that when you know when he's won it has been on a on a driver friendly course. Um but yeah I'm ta- I am taking that that view that, that he's potentially different gear and exactly what you say, I think the price is based on three efforts in America. He's had plenty of time to get over it. Um in this field he ranks um very high up in uh, strokes gained approach. I think he's 14th the overseas and overall. I know it's European tour only, or DP World Tour, whatever we're supposed to say. (laughs) But we know he's long off the tee. Not going to necessarily have to take driver, but he murdered the short par fours in Italy. He's got enough of those to do here today. uh, Sorry, this week. Par fives, he's not going to have any problem getting there, to be honest with you. Um, Second in Portugal, I know someone put up that they quite like the Portugal. Um, oh, was it Charlie? I think it was Charlie, Charlie in the same fear, but he basically he, based that on the fact that's where that. he's
1: played well. And that was it basically.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, in terms of the Italian form, I mean, Adrian Moronk's big hitter, um, you know, he beat him there. Uh, I, I thought that potentially he could, he could have been a lot shorter in this grade. So yeah, I, I when you consider that he's, he's two time winner and Arduino now isn't, yeah. um, they're both the same price. So I I I wouldn't necessarily take you know be laying each way on house, but in terms of um, in win equity, I mean for me i will go out to ten points
1: short. I like Ironhouse as well. Actually, I'm actually gonna go with him as well this week because I just think that I think like Lowry last week, and obviously not quite as you know good a player obviously, but I think there's a there's a window there for him to win, and it's narrowing, and if he lets it escape him. He's going to be kicking himself again. I mean, he's lost in the playoff recently again. Uh, something he'd obviously done last year as well, and, and he's had those kind of close uh, finishes. And I just think that, of course, where he hasn't got to think about it, um, even if he gets himself in the rough, I think he's, he's fine to get himself out. I mean, like you say, I, I get that people say he's, it's negative with their length, but I actually think the fact that he's so short and the fact they can club down and, and hit more fairways without the driver, is, is, is a massive impact. We see it on the PJ Tour all the time that the people look like they're not going to factor because it's a, a shorter course and better for the, the scrappier types, if you like. But I, I like both of them at 25-1. to 1. I think I feel much better about... I mean, Hoygaard is one of those, like, volatile, he'll either contend or probably just miss the cut, whereas I think Arnold will just play his way into top 10 contention and, and hopefully get closer on Sunday. But um, different approaches to how they could win it but I think, I think twenty-five is one on both of uh, them,
0: yeah. is actually fair. Yeah, you know, and to be fair, you know, he loves playing at home. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, we, we say this continually when they play in Spain. You know, they they, they just raise themselves. You know, you look at something like Casio Rodriguez or you know um, Pep Engels. You know, they they um or Angles, right? <laughs> it's not he's not he's not Alan McManus, is he? So right, Pep Angles. <laughs> um. So you know they do raise themselves when when they play at home. But I, I thought they were personally. There are a couple of maidens a little bit further down that have equal chances and a bigger prices, So that's yeah. why I couldn't bet on now. But, you know, if somebody said they were lumping on him to be top 10, then it'd be hard to argue.
1: Yeah. Let, let's go into those couple of maidens because I've got a pretty good guess of, of who they are. Um, are they Laurie Cantor and Matthew Pavon?
0: No, they're, they're, they're Matthew Pavon. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, you know, there's, there's absolutely nothing to... Uh, to, to really say much about I mean Cantor went through a bit of a rough patch got it back at Qatar last time we know what he's like so we've watched him for long enough uh, massive hitter lovely to eat a green game when he's right so I think the break you know I think the break were doing good um, should have won Italy a couple of years ago um, you know played well in Majorca which is um, that past 70 that I was talking about so yeah. people may well have looked at it and gone well okay there's only two par 5 so leave Cantor off um Took himself out of it the third round, 70. When you look at, I think Jeff Winter, the winner, hit 62. Um, Campio hit 64. Soderbergh, who might come up later with you, 64. Uh, took himself out completely and then pulled it back with you know, a nice final round, 64. Um, that's what Cantor is. We know that he's very difficult to put in front on the line so much so that he hasn't actually done it yet. Um, but I thought, yeah, we, with that comparison to Mallorca, if there is one, it's the same area you know, give or take. As um, well in Spain was amazingly top five at uh, Valderrama, which is, a, a course, you just, you know, couldn't possibly see him doing well out. Second but, in um, Portugal but, as well. Yeah, yeah, he's got the Portugal form. I, I thought, personally, that forty-one compared to something like that. Now, I thought it was good enough compensation. And yeah. then Matthew Pavard. Sorry, mate, sorry.
1: Yeah, I, I was just going to say there that I think that would be my one negative. If I was going to be negative on myself is that Laurie cancer and Adriano house got very similar skill sets very similar well they've both got a similar very same win equity at the moment and you know have both you know been in contention and maybe cancer's actually done it on on a bigger scale if you think about wentworth last year and dubai a couple you know a couple of years ago as well like it's with that italian open as well he really should have won so i think i think that probably cancer's maybe been there a little bit more so on reflection, the 40 to 1 Cantor might be better than the 25 to 1 are now. So I, j- I just thought with the Spain angle, with, uh, with the, um, you know, just the current form in general, like it's been consistent. He just, just looks like he's primed to win. Um, but Bradu's obviously not here today. He's got COVID. Uh, he's 40 to 1 on Laurie Canter as well, and JB Hansen at 28 to 1, before I forget to mention those. So some support there for you with Laurie Canter, mate. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd certainly, if, if I was backing them, I'd be. Uh... Sitting on the uh, having a little bit on bet there, yeah. And uh, if I, could, you know, if you could make a tiny bit out of Canter before he uh, nauses up the seventy-second hole, <laughs> um, then then that's what I do. But yeah, there was enough comparison there on the courses, like you say, for him and and Matthew Pavon. Well, you know, I'm going to the well with him, and I. You um, are going to the well. You might fall wins, in at some if point. Wins, if he wins at forty-five. I think I've lost ten percent on my overall stakes. now I think this is the fifth or sixth time. Uh, with Pavon, but I, again, I'm absolutely convinced that that he wins at some point very soon, providing we actually get four tournaments in a row um, on this tour. I it's... think that's what's killed him.
1: Like he's just playing, like he's just so ready to beat. play every week, and he's just missing out because the schedule's a disaster. Like we talk about DP World coming in and making it bigger purses, and they've got the alliance with the PJ Tour to do Scottish Open or whatever. It's got worse. It's it's got terrible. I know it's not all no, in their yes, hands, but the schedules are nightmare.
0: Well, actually, and then, and then I noticed the other day that um, the new um, Saudi League, yeah. uh, which is back know, at some point, somebody will find out who's playing well, in that. G- Greg, not that. Greg batting, will tell
1: you that it's not the Saudi League now, it's the Live Golf League. Live
0: League, yeah, whatever it is, right. The, 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 the Live Golf League, whatever, Greg Norman thing, uh, which is fine, but without getting political, it doesn't matter, it's going ahead. Yeah. Um, not only is it opposite the John Deere Classic, and this won't make much difference, but it is opposite the Irish Open as well. Yeah. So the Irish Open has been downgraded year by year by year. And given that was definitely one of the top ten events on the tour, um, it's quite disappointing, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, incidentally, as well, they um, just going aside a bit. He said that they were going to, you know, there's some KFT uh, invitations going out. If you read that the other day. Yeah. Um, and they've got an event on the second to the fourth of September, which coincides with the KFT Tour Championship as well. <laughs> Not that I think it will make that much difference. You know, you might find one player, you know, if that there. Um, because I think by the time that's kicked off, I think there'll be a lot of people signing up. Um, once the sort of the embarrassment factor or controversial factor is gone, yeah. um, I'm not sure many so-called amateurs or, or KFT players will get in. But nevertheless, it does clash. Anyway, back to Pavon, right? <laughs> um, back to Pavon. Um, over 12 weeks, which is about two tournaments here, um, he ranks 18th in approaches. He ranks fourth in T to green. Um and the season is third in stroke average, 13th in bogeys. He's third in eagles, which could be useful on uh, the short par fours. And, um, you know, certainly the two reachable par fives. He's second in par four scoring, which works absolutely beautifully here. Um, obviously got the second in Portugal. that He could have, should have, would have maybe won. The third in Raz is more interesting because that also came off the back of the three-month break as well. Yeah, So you talk about the break. So I thought that was significant as well. Um, not worried about what he did in South Africa. He let me down and stay in City, but hey oh, that's that's the way it goes. Um Qatar was okay. But overall I think his seat at green game's been been impressing me for, you know, good part of the year now, to be honest. Um and in this field I, I think he should be contending. Uh but like you say, we don't know. I know Brad let us know earlier that he was in wherever. Where was he? Coachella. Yeah who's there right with um, uh, Romain Langasque apparently yeah don't know make of that what you will what I, you know you, you, you can take all these little things apart we've already said about Jordan Spieth yeah you know sometimes you can just take too much on in terms of what he's doing ball striking giving himself chances on the greens Um, I like Pavon at 45 and, and I'm going to keep going with him probably for the next 15 weeks yeah
1: <laughs> He does, like I said, every time you bring up Pavon, every I, I never have anything to argue with, and I just keep saying that I don't think his his progress has been factored in. And I know his price is getting to that point where it maybe is, but I still think he's a better player than people like the general consensus give him credit for. Um, I don't think the, the the bookmakers are kind of missing him. I think they are aware. But um, interesting enough, just while you were talking there, you know, you talked about the the scheduling. And I just thought I'd have a look at the back. We've got these back to back weeks in Spain, haven't we? With their two million dollar prize funds um it's really weird that they show those as dollars and then the the british masters is 1.85 uh, million pounds but you know the the prize funds are so bad for these events like I mean, we we talk about people wanting to play uh british masters because of the heritage of it and then it's a big thing for for these british players it really isn't 1.85 million the prize fund you, it's know, not you, going
0: you, you it's, get more it's, of that for a winning of an event on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there's got to be concern about this tour, to be honest with you. I,
1: I think it's, 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 it's going. There is no way that this keeps up. Because, like you rightly mentioned, like the Irish Open is meant to be a standout event for the European Tour, DP World Tour. I don't keep saying that. But, you know, that's at Mount Juliet. Then you've got the Renaissance, which Scottish Open, They're both warm-ups for the Open. Um, you know, the the main event in St. Andrews, obviously. Um, You get that really, really strong stretch in September, don't you, where you've got Wentworth, Italian Open, French Open, Dunhill-Links, and obviously your favourite Valderrama in October. Yeah,
0: which is...
1: You have to go for, like, a really poor stretch of golf. I mean, there's not really been an event this season that's been that exciting. The two at the start, Abu Dhabi and Dubai... That have really kind of got the players in and you're relying on people to come off the PJ tour to those. Um, anyway, get off the soapbox
0: I suppose. No, 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 I think you're right. I think I think it's it's it, you're absolutely right. It's becoming Yeah, it's becoming disappointed about that. Yeah, I've no idea, I'm not I'm not involved in the higher. But it But it does it does make it good. hard
1: for us, doesn't it? <laughs> because we you you really don't know where people are at. Like this you could almost chuck all the form out the window because they've been off for three weeks haven't they and or nearly a month and they've just spent three or four weeks in Kenya or South Africa where some people haven't played or some people don't play very well the most recent people have been playing in Thailand and, and Asian tour events like it really is sporadic as to where people's games are right now I mean I don't think any of the players know where they stand at the moment
0: I think I think there's there's, a, there's some of the players will be looking at you know where they are and where the tour is going um, and what they need to do in future, you, you may find this huge exodus of players going over to the uh, Cornbury Tour, and PGA Tour qualifying at the end of the well, year. Well, you
1: see, you see it with, with, with McIntyre last year, like they're, they're desperate. Chris Paisley did it when he had a, a little run, like they're desperate to get on that PGA Tour. Like they're, they're, the first sign that they've actually got the potential to do it, they do it. I mean, it's killed Nikolai over the last few weeks, but you know, I don't think that will really affect him in the long run. Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focused on these two areas as well? Manscaped. Manscaped took their Lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the performance package 4.0. Including this package is the lawnmower Mower 4.0, the Weed Whacker which takes care of the nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. Now This set is normally $218 but is $130 for a limited time only and with our 20% code LFW20 that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be 96 pound instead of 120 pound. And again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on Manscaped.com. Um, but there's some players here. There's a group group of players here that I kind of considered but didn't get to in the end. Uh, Matthew Jordan, I thought was was interesting. He's yep. shown a bit of life recently, and 50 to one seems a decent price. Um, we always talk about him on links but I actually think these sort of events can suit him as well um Schwann Kim is playing brilliant golf but I just don't know if he makes uh, you call it a step up if you like it's probably not a step up these days but um you know he's playing some really really good stuff uh on the Asian tour and I thought about Connor Syme. I mean Brad obviously mentioned him two or three weeks on the trot at triple digit prices and he's now only kind of 66 and 50s but he was I think he was 75 when I wrote it down earlier but he's he's T to green numbers have been trending in the last three starts, and it was actually basically the last five starts. There was one blip in it. It was 28th, 23rd, 38th, 21st, 15th, and T to green. So he was getting really solid numbers, and we know when Simon's hitting the ball well, what he can do, as he showed in the lockdown sort of period, but he never really took advantage of that then, and I don't know whether he's any better suited so to do it now, especially with the break. But we've just
0: got absolutely no idea, have we? Mm. That's, and that's it. Yeah. Um... Do what you want? No idea. No, it's tough. It
1: really is tough. Callum Shinkwin has a second on this golf course. I think it was at the Challenge Tour, but that's going right back to 2014. But you think about people, we've kind of taken the stance that that big hitters and and decent off the tee players in general uh, can excel here. Well, that fits Callum Shinkwin to a tee. And I think about the fact that he won at Cyprus. That was kind of a little bit of a, you know, what I foresee this being um yeah it's just so tough i mean in the end i've kind of just taken stances on triple digit players because i just think it's easier to to spot the value up there and the people that have maybe been ignored although both of the two picks i had one and now 80 to one so uh I've, I've kind of contradicted myself there but um any more for yeah. you in this range
0: before we go into well the i mean you know do you think that somebody like uh, Mark, you know Kinholt would have been um, a bit shorter had he uh, had this continued. You know he yeah. he's playing. You know he's always had he met him at Salazar, so He has his, his own personal problems. Came back obviously won on the Nordic Golf League and then and then has been really taken off. Um, recently on the European Tour, DP World Tour, we he call it. I thought he was worth a look at the 50s. I mentioned Ross Fisher before. He was yeah. flying before Qatar, but he's never had anything in Qatar. Um, a bit of water around the um, around the place won't bother him. Um, it was, it was you know Henny Duplissy, he's playing well. Um,
1: See, I think he's the ultimate. Like, can you keep the current form up and take it from? Because it's been very South African dependent. But because because Sky put him up on on the, the the show that we did, and I sort of said, Oh, you know I think it's a South African thing, and that's it. But when you look back at the Challenge Tour last year, he was fourth in that. German challenge and the people there was three people in the top four that were Spanish um, Garcia, Heredia Portillo won it Santiago, Bentario was second um, so maybe that was a sort of sign to that uh, he was then fifth in the Costa Brava event which had Helle and and Gauvie Manicero um won that so maybe just the sort of stuff that you're shown on the challenge Tour. I don't think this is a massive step up really uh, you know it is a DP World Tour event but maybe by name only um, it's interesting to see if he carries on that form.
0: Yeah, I mean, we did say when we were covering um, South Africa, all right. out, the amount of, as you say, the amount of Spaniards and stuff that were appearing on South African yeah. soil, maybe the inverse go true. the other way around. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I, like you say, I've, you know, it's just we need to use this week. I know that you know next week is a completely different test. Yeah, but we need to use this week to see guide, how the players isn't it? are playing because. I don't know, how do you plissy could it 79, or yeah. hopefully he could continue his form? I, um, I, I think... thought he was looking at, but there was another another South African. That I'm going to play top ten, top twenties, and yeah, he's a bigger price, so I've left him out.
1: Okay, but I think I think it's like the same with the Raz thing, isn't it? I think like you say, we we kind of saw who was good that first week, and that puts on to Fisher in the second week, and all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, it, it is like you say, PJ Castellunia is a lot tougher, although. The contrast and reports this week suggest it could be tough for this week as well. I don't think it will be, but um, certainly next week's event is one we're a bit more familiar with in terms of the course and, and setup. Nino, Patasio, and Soderberg were the two that I had that were 100 to 1 when I picked them. They're now 80 to 1, uh, which I still think is fine for both of them uh, with the seven places. Um, I'll go with Patasio first. like He's just ball striking numbers are getting, you know, they're fine. He's, he's shown some really good stuff. Um, he plays well in Spain. He, he's, you know, you would expect that from an Italian on the European tour. But he's actually just, I think, top twenty-fives in both of his last two events. Uh, I like that. I think that generally his form's been good. He was fifth at the Portugal Masters. He was twentieth in that New York Open. You talk about he was fifteenth at Valderrama. So again, just like Spain, uh, when you look at sort of the events that he's played well in the past, it is littered with Spanish stuff. Twice Valderrama, been, or three times Valderrama inside the top fifteen. Um, Maybe that suggests that he's used to tougher things. His best ever finish was a Scottish Open and he's also played what at Wentworth, So maybe he just wants it a bit tougher than that. But, you know, I think the way he's striking his irons, he was interesting. And then Soderbergh, if you go on to tour tips, has got, you know, the best course form of anyone, which I don't necessarily... It's hard because you don't want them to have a lot of course form in this course because it means they've either been to uh, Q School, Nordic Golf League or Challenge Tour, So you almost don't want them to be on here. But it's good that he's kind of won and finished fourth on his golf course or at least the neighbouring golf course, I think there's a little bit of discrepancy whether he's done it on the hills or the lakes course, but we're on the lakes course here. But Soderbergh, I think in general, is just a player that when it seems to be a kind of birdie fest uh, where you can kind of take on some pins, I think Soderbergh is, it fits that bill nicely. And you know, I think his form is fine. Uh, he, he's had a 16th, I think, in, in recent times, and he was definitely better positioned than that. Uh, to win a couple of times as well in not-too-distant paths. So, Soderberg and Batazio, for me, nearing the 100-1 mark were both good value, I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, can't argue. Um, I don't think you can make it. The, the problem is I don't think you can argue this week no. until we've actually seen half. I thought Matty Schmidt was interesting, another maiden. Um...
1: You thought Schmidt. I thought Krojcevic as well. I thought both of them, because they're both you know strong off the tee and that was the stance that we took. We're that's, that's what we're
0: taking so we could be very wrong Daniel hmm. Gavins you put up quite a lot he, yeah, you know again off, if you take your titty green stuff <laughs> okay but if you take your City green stuff it's perfect staff, you know I mean he can't putt but then you know half of them, not, can they? <laughs> well I wasn't going to be quite so rude but yeah <laughs> you know I had Jordan Smith down but he's not playing um, otherwise I'd probably been all over him Actually, it probably would have yeah. got a good chance if he was playing but he, so so he wouldn't he still probably win, even though he's not playing. <laughs> he could do um, this field. You know, uh, I looked at Louis De Jager quite strongly hmm. just because of what we know about him. And I think the, the break might do him good after a bit of a bad run. You know, he's six and approached the full seat of green, I think, over the year. Um, but he's like the worst putter I think I've ever seen. Um, but they may not come down to it. You know, Jordan didn't need putting, did he, no. um, over the weekend? I, I, I fact, you know, it was... It was Honestly, it was so typically like. Sadly, you know, when you get down to the bottom, I mean, Lucas Beargard. I know he's playing absolutely shocking. Yeah. But at some point, you know, I'm, he's got to he's got to come back to form. Um, you know, fortunately, the only, <laughs> the only effort he's actually put in over the last year we were on, when he was second in Portugal, yeah. um, which was great. Um, so I don't know how he got that because it's been absolute shite ever since. <laughs> um, <laughs> What can you do? It's uh, Alexander Del Rey smashes the ball a mile, but I've gone off him, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. You do what you want here. I haven't got, you know, I'm not pretending I've got a scooby because I haven't, apart from sort of the two or three that I actually really fancy to go very well. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, you know, you, uh, again, you could put Long Gaskin, I think. And hmm. if you didn't like the Vaughan, I know they've been the playing, like, you know, they've been together. But uh, you could put him, and he's got that little bit of star quality that you know, could put him up there with the like of the, of the hog guards and stuff over the next couple of years. But apart from those two or three, I'm, I'm do what you want. I don't well, really
1: the, the later ones, there was just names. I think Nicholas Norgard-Moller is impressed because he's made five out of five cuts this year. He's been in a better position than that. I think Qatari was seventh after 54 holes and shot 79 in really bad conditions when you know, his drive is going to be you know he's he's a big hitter, so the wind doesn't always favour that. Twenty um, first at Stein City, where he's playing well again, that was fine, uh, but it was just fine. Lucas Nemeth has obviously been playing yeah, well. You put it up before, didn't you? Um, and is striking it nicely. So I think I think he could. Was it one of the Raz events where he he contended? Um, you know, so that kind of lends itself uh, to to a positive his Italian challenge. He was second, his best ever finish. Brezelheimer of third. Uh, which is
0: obviously what what we remember. I think you actually, did
1: you put him up that week? Or did you put him up the week after?
0: I, I can't remember. now. not um, know. But you yeah, but you can say him, and you can say the you know Andre and you can say um, you know say Lars Yeah. You know <laughs> you they've could. all got those. They've yeah. all got those. They've all got those bits, and they, we know they're talented enough, and they've all got those bits of form that you can you can put in. But ultimately, Pablo is going to win this by six, isn't he? And yeah, no one's going to care. He's. It's, but it's, I, I do think, I don't think you're going to get shocked here. I really don't. So I just think, I, think, I do think that, that, you know, there are, if they're right, then there is a section of these that are just different grade to the others. There's going
1: to, there's going to be people, there's going to be a shock in like, in terms of there's going to be a 200 to 1 or 300 to 1 shot finish, third or fourth. But I don't, like I say, I think the actual eventual win, I mean, Like Sean Crocker and Yannick Paul are massive prices of people that I've sort of followed in the past. And I don't want to follow Sean Crocker for too much longer because I'll be in Matthew Pavon territory like you were. Um, Yannick Paul is maybe a little bit more interesting. But Dale Whitnell's obviously been keeping himself fresh in in America. He keeps posting up results there, which I think is actually huge. Like to play those mini-tour events and play well, there's really strong competition out there. That might just favour him because... Some others have, have taken their eye off the ball. I mean, he was 10th at Stein City. But again, it's just names. Like, once you get down there, you just see, like, everyone thought Ricardo Gouvier was going to make a good step up. He's now seven places. You've got Maverick Antcliffe, which it irons superbly for X amount of months before it's doing Beerman. nothing. Vietman, yeah. It's It's what do you do? Because it's just... Oh yeah, I I don't like we said at the top of the show, we don't want to come on here and say we've had really strong fancies. We, we do generally and we do bat them, you know, strongly because we we like what we found. But this week I think it is really a one if there's any sort of course familiarity. I mean, like it's Benjamin Poke is six hundreds one, so if you want to guide at one Q score by six strokes and shot six rounds on the par there, then then take that. Um he's not done much else since doing that, but uh yeah, six hundreds one would certainly be interesting if you wanted some coffee money on that. But other than that, I I don't have any strong opinions, mate. Other than the ones that we said at the top of the show, like you said. Yeah. So um, let's quickly recap those. There was another one that Brad put up in the group actually, which I just need to. Ch- he put Helle up as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he's back. Time.
0: Yeah, he's, he's ready. He should be ready to do something yeah. like he likes the area. So um, yeah.
1: Strong strong Danish contingent this year. They seem to be dominating everything. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, so I will quickly just recap the, the people that I'm definitely on is Nicola Hugaard, Audrey house uh Soderbergh and Batasio. Uh Jace, uh you know, just your definite ones for now.
0: Yeah, Nikola Huygard and Matthew Pavan are the only definite so there's three yeah. to get uh, after that. Cancer I think it's definitely worth sort of Oh interest. sorry, 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 yes, 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 sorry, sorry, I've missed it. He's on a different list. So yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Cantor sorry, can yeah, have uh Nikolai Hogard, Lori Canter, Matthew Pavana the three. And there's three little ones sort of floating about to you know, blot them and gets them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's definitely make this Zurich classic short. Right. You know, this is an event I think it's nice sometimes to, to break up the the stroke play monotony. Um, I don't particularly care for the four ball format because you're just watching two very talented people who have two chances at making a score and taking a better one. I think it definitely becomes more interesting we've got the pressure pack uh, final round where one player can let down the other. But Hovland and Morikawa have decided to to build the super team at seventeen to two. Can't seventeen to two. Leishman Smith ten uh, to one. Smith is a two-time winner of this event. Ryan Palmer and Scotty Scheffler. So Ryan Palmer has again recruited himself, another world number mm. one. He's played with yeah. uh, Spieth, Rahman, and Scheffler. So he doesn't do yeah. too bad. I can't work out if he's got dirt on these guys or a really nice house with uh, really good meals uh, and yeah. close proximity. I really don't know, but. He does something. Uh, Burns and Horschel 12-1 to and Fleetwood Garcia at 16-1. Uh, last two there are of interest to me. Burns and Horschel I think are probably my favourite bet uh, and, and they're 12-1 to now as opposed to 14-1 to but I don't want to bet any of the other guys. I mean, Hovland and i have got the obvious star power but also have their issues. is uh, not playing as well as you would hope. Uh, Leishman and Smith. Smith's got a burnout eventually. He already did it sort of heritage to an extent. And uh and Sheffler and Palmer again, it's you know, how many do you, what do you want me to say about an eleventh one shot? They're absolutely fine. So for me it was Sam Burns and Billy Horschel would have stand out for me
0: at the top. Um and absolutely and uh you know one one Twitter um poster has done a uh strokes gain total and burns or better. Yep. Gain profile and Horschel and Horsham Burns are at the top. They make perfect sense, especially each way first seven. Yeah. I mean, I think only 35 make the cut, 35 pairs. 35 make the cut, pairs, I, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, Birds and Hawks should make significant appeal. Um, I agree with you. I think Xander's playing not as well, and, and Kant has got to come down off, off last night. Um, it won't make that much difference. This is just a bit of a knockabout, in it, really. Yeah. I thought Smith and Leishman, for me, um, could have very nearly been favourites. Um, I think they're a gimme. Whatever price for seven is whether you want to back ten or one. Um, I thought they would give me their third in the uh, overalls. Um, Scotty and Palmer, did they make? But I mean, Will park you know, Palmer just lifts himself, doesn't he, for this? So, um, and let's face it, you know, Scotty Scheffler can't lose anything at the moment, can he? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I did originally, and I've gone off of it just because there's just too many people on him today, or them today. Was uh, Willie Z and uh, Davis Riley? Yeah, um, you know, Delatorre is still playing fantastic tee to, to green stuff. We know his issues, but I think he's been—he's certainly been better on the greens than he has been. It's a lot to ask, I think, a pair of maidens to win this all- tournament. Uh, but yeah, they—they ranked thirty, thirty or better um, as a team average. Their uh, ninth-in strokes game total. Um, yeah, for me, they were the really were as far down as I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, whatever is it, twenty-eight first seven, I think, just about. It might not be. Yeah, twenty-eight
1: first seven still.
0: So, uh, you yeah, can get first I
1: mean, first seven actually.
0: You know what? Well, yeah. Who's that with? Betfair. Oh, can you? Oh, okay. yeah. fair, nothing. Right. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think Burns, uh Leishman, Smith, and Riley's all and to be honest, if you wanted to go Scotty and Palmer, I think that's that's back them all four win only. Have them on the exchanges play about with them because surely, surely, one of them does something. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible. I mean, it probably works out about seven to four. To be honest with you, um, I might do that if you can carry on talking. Yeah, well, uh, I think I think for me it
1: was with Cameron Smith. It was like he had that really disastrous start, didn't he? He was four over through whatever it might have been the first four. Yeah, he
0: fought back though, didn't he?
1: He fought back and and actually only missed a cut on the number. And I I kind of put this hard line through him because I was like. You know, he needs a break. But this basically is a break, isn't it? It's not really... A, there's no pressure to it. He's playing with his mate. He's probably going to have a, a few beers every night and, and just
0: enjoy himself. So I don't I think, think there's anything a to be I, about. I, I genuinely think he, they're, they're actually a gimme each way. Uh, uh, you know, or I might do them along with, you know, the three over there on the other side, each way double or something. Hmm. Um, you know, Nikolai Cantor and Pavon. Over well, obviously, the, you I, know,
1: I, they're the defending champions and Smith's already won it with Jonas Plicks
0: before that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's He's got everything, isn't he? Um, or, or even I might do, yeah, I might do three or four of those pairs along with the other three over the other side, um, yeah. something like that. I'm certainly not going to go mad, but yeah, I, the, those look strong, and I think all the others are just messing about, and they'll all be on their way home. On, on the, there
1: crap. on the Riley and Zalatoris thing, I kind of remember I, I put a tweet out about Piercy and uh, Horshaw mm. before the week when they won, and sort of said that because Piercy was striking the ball incredibly well, like elite level, but couldn't part. I sort of just said, you know, Horschel can pick him up and and they can get a win, and they did. And I don't know if Riley's quite ready to pick that side of things up yet. Like, Zalasaurus will do the elite side of things that Piercy was doing, even better so. But Riley, I don't think he's like a gimme to have a really good week and and ram home. Because everyone's kind of taking the thing of, where Zalasaurus is weak, Riley can be strong. I don't
0: don't necessarily buy into that. No, I agree. Yeah, and it, it, it's the experience, and, and when they do the four balls, you know, we know that Zalatoris is going to miss a few. Mm. Um, and you're quite right. Has Riley got the uh, experience to uh, come through and, and and you know, can they hit 63? I think they probably can. But they're yeah. going to have to. Yeah, last year. Yeah. And, But but equally, you've got. I mean, you've got some. You know, I can't believe Keegan Bradley. And Brennan Steele with 30 I'm standard. <laughs> well they
1: play, yeah. they've played they've played well, but they're the same player, aren't they? They're they're both got the same weakness. Um so they'll, you know, they'll probably finish top five, but they can't win.
0: I mean, it just can't. I mean, there's just some absolute it's, yeah, it's just yeah, there is this rubbish down there. That's 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 the best way to putting it out. So I thought I thought uh, the nicest ones
1: outside of the obvious were McDowell and Power and I was quite interested in Keith Mitchell and Seneca, but the price is Pretty horrible on that. But, well,
0: Fleetwood Garcia after after you know, 400 years after the the Ryder Cup, yeah. They will put 16
1: one. Well, that was the thing. So we we just I've just done the show with with Matt for the um the DraftKings thing. We said that like they were really highly priced on that and a really short price in the betting, but it works in your favor for the fancy thing because it'll put people off playing them and they'll actually they will perform. Like they were second here a couple of years ago and. Absolutely, Fleetwood was four for Paisley, but sixteen if, as a betting process sixteen to one that that both of them have a good putting week, um, or one has an extraordinary putting week is, I mean they're both putting well actually for their for their level, but um, I mean, yeah. does Fleetwood really want to be getting his first PJ Tour win with this and everyone calling it an asterisk it's Well, a...
0: that's well, that's exactly right. That's what I said about about Zalatoris. Yeah. I said you know, they're likely to win it, and then everybody will be going the other yeah they still a maiden. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't want to be on the morikawa Um you, you just can't trust it, can you? Um, what,
1: what about Lowry and Polter? And, and the reason don't I don't, you? I don't like it. I don't really like the odds. But Polter has got so much to play for because he's missing out on all these big events now. He's not necessarily a shoe in for even. I don't know how far he is from keeping his card. And he's, you know, Lowry could do him a little bit of a solid here and. Poulter can tidy up around the greens, which seems to be what Larry can't at the moment. Um, Last night that was oh. Oh, shocking. I mean, he he said he was in good spirits, but he can't be, can he? Like, I mean, I keep saying about how narrow the window is for him to win, and he just keeps chucking them away. That double bogey at that time when he was he was out in front
0: was it's criminal. Yeah, yeah, you got you. Yeah, you've got to question when it took place. You? I mean, he is playing absolutely superb. Best one of the best in the world, apart from obviously
1: the, the ones that are converting. But it's the ball striking is, is essential, isn't it? Um, oh, it's just frustrating. I mean, I, I was I was really keen on him in the end at twenty two to one because I just thought you know he's got to take advantage of this ball striking window, you know, because I know he is a good ball striker by nature, but not the way he's playing at the moment. Um, and I thought you know he he really needs to take advantage of this, and Poulter will obviously get up for this as he would, but there's obviously a lot of Holt is good at match play factored into that price because he's not playing well, is he? Um, don't
0: know. Neiman and no, Pereira was... will be
1: popular, won't they?
0: I mean, oh, yeah, 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 without question. I mean, Mito, you know, again, he's another one that's going to win, <laughs> you know, at some point. But, I mean, it wouldn't be necessarily here for me. Um, yeah, you know, you can't see Bez and Schwartzel doing it. Can you, Schwartzel- no, I think Shorts needed his proper year. Louis did, thing, didn't he? He did, he did, and Bezos obviously you know, he needs it, you know, minus two to win. Um, it, it's just difficult. It's very, very difficult. I quite liked, to be honest, the look of Norrin and Norlander. Um, Norlander's playing so bad, isn't he? Well, he is, but but again, like you say, you, you know, you're taking the pressure off here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I quite liked it, but um, I'm not going to put any money on it. I think I think that's it I think there are five or six that can win um and some of those star names that are going to be well out of it may not bother when it comes down to the you know the final foursomes um whatever I think, I think that's it. I think the lowest I can go is Ryland's Allatorious and I'm going off that so
1: it's it. <laughs> not a good sign is it I mean if Nick Watney and Charlie Hoffman were showing a bit of form I quite like them as because they seem to play well here and they could probably sneak into the top seven but You've got
0: to be informed here to win, don't you? Yeah. Look at that fascinating one, um, David Lipsky and Aaron Rye. I mean, <laughs> I don't know where that's come from. Oh, uh, we, we,
1: we, me and Matt were going through the pairings earlier, and we were like, just how do they even know each other? Like, do they just do they enter as individuals when they haven't got a partner all lined up and just go, you know, pair me up with someone? Is it a bit like when you just get paired up in PE because no one's picked you yet? Yeah. Because kind of, <laughs> uh, Thigala and Bo Hosler like.
0: Hello, yeah. <laughs> Where does that come from? It's uh, yeah. There's some good stuff down here, isn't
1: there? I think, I, think I, I like it. I, I like to find out maybe like why people are together. I mean, like there's some that makes sense. Like Hayden Buckley is with oh, I can't remember. Who he's, with, he's someone off the Corn Ferry tour. Um, who is it? It's Alex Smalley. and they are both yeah, played well last yeah. season, didn't they? And you can see they obviously probably played a little bit with each other last year, and. And obviously built a bit of relationship both playing okay on the PJ tour. But otherwise you just see some of these pairings and you think I don't even know one how they've made you know, how they've linked up to, to say they're in the same event and you know Marge and Atwell and Lucas Herbert. I know, I
0: know, it's just,
1: just... <laughs> When do they ever cross paths?
0: Absolutely. Well, we, we don't know, do we? Well they,
1: they, they probably could be best friends, couldn't they? It's just, don't I just have no idea. I mean the only one I do know, Tom Hoagie and Paul Barjon are both Texas um college people so that makes sense but
0: other than that it's it's i'll tell There's you who I was right. a little There's bit disappointed. Right here, isn't there? yeah
1: it. i was disappointed for sam Horsfield because he he could probably play well in this format and he ended up with matt wallace who is uh let's just say not playing his best golf uh, at the moment so um he probably could have done with with a better partner, but then even Ian Poult that would be playing with isn't playing very well, is he? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you want to be going too far down the list to find someone. There's some intriguing names, like can Jason Day do Jason Scrivener a bit of a favour, but he's not playing uh, great stuff either, is he? So, I don't know. No, I, I'm like you. I, I, the more I look down, I think the furthest I would go is probably Snedeker and,
0: and Mitchell. and. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Whether, I, whether I, Snedeker's the, playing well enough i reasonably liked um uh, uh Lucas Glover and Ches Reeve to do a bit better than than their price. Yeah. But I mean so what? Yeah. It,
1: you you've got to just look at it as who you actually think can win. I suppose yeah, you give it a a a mention to Kisner and Brown as a as a top 7 80 to 1 shout but um they love this kind of team. It's not, events, ha- it's, which
0: not, it's not gonna happen, is it? Let's face
1: it. They won't win, but they but they've had a second and a fifth here in the last four years, haven't they? The a <laughs> fifteenth, so but then the most recent one was a miscut. I mean Kizinder was disappointed in himself as an individual last week, wasn't he? So Was he? Um, was he?
0: Yeah really was he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that wasn't anyway. even I wasn't even trying to be like that. But yeah it's two years, two years that's done that. So you can uh, you know.
1: But yes, so Kevin Kisner it's isn't playing his it. best stuff, is he? Yeah. So nice. um, whether Scott Brown can pick him up, I don't know. They're definitely people that probably drink on the course, let alone before and after it. Yeah. Um, let's let's stop talking about this because we're waste we're wasting minutes here. Um, so let's summarise the little picks we've got here. I think I'm going to go with Burns, Horschel, McDowell, Power,
0: and Snedeker, Mitchell would be my three, and call it a day. Yeah, Burns, Horschel. Um, Leishman and Smith, and uh, just because he can't do anything wrong, Scotty and Palmer. But like I say, I'm probably going to cross Dublin with uh, Nikolai, Lori Kenter and uh, Mathieu and and uh, see what happens. I'm not really. You know, I, hate, I
1: hated the price, but I actually, Sung J.M. and, and Benny Ann are a good little partnership because Benny Ann's come alive now. He's back on the PJ Tour the next season. So he's had a win of the second in the last three starts on the Corn Ferry. And Jay might just be able to drag him along here, but uh, I think they might have played here last year and missed the cut, so it's not no, necessarily. I, I thought
0: actually, Banyan was going to win over the weekend. Um, mm. It was all, all place. but yeah, it's, it's, it's. I actually think it's great seeing back. He's uh, he's, a good, he's a really good, he's player, a good isn't addition. He? He's a good addition to the to the B J tour. Yeah.
1: So that's it for us um that's our that's our labor of love i think talking about those two events um you know you you do really have to be a bit of a golf sicko to, to to cover those two events um but jason we've got i'd like to say we've got better events next week we've got two events next week is what i can say now don't know who's going to be in that mexico championship field um it's not the wgc anymore so it's going to be interesting to see who's there. Obviously, the the Abraham answer and Carlos Ortiz will be there. I think John Ram is committed, but other than that, I I don't know what to bring of that. And and hopefully, Catalonia brings up a better a uh, better course than what we're going to see this week.
0: Yeah, see what happens. But then a forty-one winner is a forty-one winner, isn't
1: it? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Doesn't matter how you get it, does it?
1: No. Thank you very much, Chase, and we'll uh, catch up soon.